Hello, and welcome to the Extension Experience podcast with your hosts, Josh Bouchong, Trent Malachik, and Dana Zook. Here you'll find insights into Oklahoma agriculture from West Area Specialists employed by Oklahoma State University Extension. Their perspectives come from assisting county educators and producers in the areas of agronomy, animal science, and economics. Thank you for joining us. Welcome back. My name is Trent Malachik. I'm Dana Zook. And Josh Bashan. You're joining us again today, and we're going to talk about Extension's response to COVID-19 and kind of what we've been experiencing with this pandemic. It's obviously the, the biggest economic disruption of our generation and probably a few different generations, I would guess. You know, Josh likes to think he's a different generation than I am, so... He's the old guy. Yeah, he's he's the older guy in the group. So <laughs> not not too much though, right? Yeah, not too much. What, what model do you yeah, say what you model are? Do you yeah, say? I'm an eighty four model. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah, so so you're maybe just outside of the millennial. Technically generation. still a millennial, but yeah. yeah. We're all millennials. Pretty draw right? the line, really. I think we're technically all millennials, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's a good thing. But Josh wants to be a Gen Xer, I guess, because that's your only other option. I just don't like labels. So maybe I am a millennial. He's the old guy. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's definitely our response to the the pandemic by talking about the generation we're involved in. But but I think it will affect different people in different ways. Uh, Our generation would probably be expected to be able to cope with this in the best way, right? And we're, we're supposed to understand technology the most and and be able to utilize those different things. Here we are on a podcast trying to trying to get the word out a different way uh, through different media outlets. And I don't know, Dana, what what kind of thoughts do you have? How have you been dealing with working from home and and reaching your clientele in a different way? So, I mean, along the lines of technology, I will say that I've really had to you know, branch out expand my knowledge of some of the technology and in the past I've told everybody I'm not real great with it but I think this kind of has forced a lot of us to just embrace a little bit more of it learn some new skills I know I think a lot of us have um, gained some skills in some like team type technology to kind of keep us all in the loop work on specific projects and um, so that's that's kind of what I've done as I've been working with some other people on a, on a couple different things, um, using some some new things that I've never done before. And I don't know if I would have had the time or gotten the chance to do that in our kind of different sort of schedule. I would say crazy schedule, but it's crazy now in a different way. But our our schedule before wouldn't have allowed me to do that. So, you know, this is a tough time for everybody, but I think there are some bright spots in it. I mean, there are some things that we've we've done better and, and the podcasting thing. I mean, we've you know continued to learn about some of our programs and stuff to create this. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, that I think about those various things, those various aspects of it. And you think talk about teams in particular, and we've had teams before mm-hmm. in extension. And we had work groups or teams that we were on, and I never really thought about it much but those tend to be the only people i'm really connecting with on a i guess on a deeper level right now because those are the ones those are the people i'm working with and it feels like i'm more connected to my teams now working from home than i was before because i had other interaction with people i wasn't necessarily working with directly 
whether it's a county educator where you're just talking or mm-hmm. or even producers, but now it's kind of like your only social interaction is kind of with the people you're working on projects with. Yeah, it's a little mm-hmm. bit more focused, I think. And what do you think, Josh? Yeah, uh, obviously I've had some issues personally because where I'm at living and don't have very good broadband internet access out in the mm-hmm. boondocks where my house is. So obviously we've been bombarded with Zoom meetings and everything and the, mm-hmm. the like. So sometimes I, I don't have good enough internet and I have to go somewhere and just sit in my truck and do something. But uh, obviously we still rely on phone calls, text messages, social media, Twitter, Facebook and the like to still interact with a lot of the same people. But I think it is more focused on what we're trying to do and still being relevant, still being productive. Uh, we've been able to keep our gears rolling, to so, so to speak. Yeah, and broadband access has been a really big topic in the past several years. Uh, of course, cities have great access to internet and surrounding areas have wireless internet or satellite internet that they can tap into. And then generally we think, well, if you can't get one of those services, you have access to cellular. But even you have had issues with that, right? With not great cellular service. Yeah. I kind of have a few hills where I'm at. So kind of in between two towers. So I kind of bounce between them. And most days I don't have very good reception there. So I, for my internet at the house, I'm actually work, working off of a dish. And uh, just the speeds on it, it's not satisfactory for video conferencing yeah speeds aren't great and they'll compress your your access depending on how many people are using that service to try to divvy it up so yeah there's a lot of challenges still and and sometimes it goes right back to if i can't get cellular service for internet i can still get phone calls so i had to yeah. <laughs> i had to go back to the old-fashioned pick up a phone and call someone type thing to get the message out and and that's kind of at least reassuring I, in a way. I mean, we think we have to connect through Zoom or through video conferencing, and that's not the only way business gets done. And and we're able to go back to a different way. Uh, and then I've also, you know, always liked to be out in the field. So obviously when we not have an office to go to, I still make some phone calls. Obviously we can't have more than one person in a truck and some other policies like that we're working with. But especially with the week crop tour that we just concluded i was able to get throughout the whole west side of the state look at some wheat talk with farmers you know safe distance and all that uh, but still able to get out and do some things not just be cooped up inside most of the time and they're having lahoma tomorrow and it's virtual or is it live it's going to be live on facebook uh, so we can get interaction interaction between the audience and if we have questions uh, so most of the topics are still going to get covered that we're going to be offered at the Lahoma Field Day. <clears throat> but uh, it is going to be live. It's going to be recorded so people can watch those videos later. And it's going to have a, a schedule to it. So if there's only certain topics someone wanted to watch, they can still sign in on those time frames, especially if you have other business to take care of. But uh, something new, uh, like I said, we can't do every topic we had planned because the way it's structured, we usually have more topics than one person can go to anyway. Uh, so to fit it in a short enough window that we don't want to spend all day on a video, obviously, but uh, it is going to be broke out into videos later as well. And that probably is going to be happened after you know this podcast yeah. airs, but then they can probably go on and, and see what they can find out later. But a lot of our 
public meetings we've had on Zoom, we've had a lot of good attendance. Uh, some of the programs like the wheat crop tour we just did in cooperation with the Oklahoma Grain and Feed Association. Uh, we had almost 150 people on there, so we're still getting guys wanting to go to a meeting, so to speak, uh, whether it be virtual or in person, but obviously without the in-person meetings, we're still being effective. Yeah. I'd like to get on a little deeper level when it comes to that type of stuff and a little, because this is extension experience. Uh So from a philosophical standpoint, a little bit, thinking about how education comes across whenever you're recording something as opposed to an in-person meeting. Mm -hmm. And I know when I hear someone say, all right, we're recording, I kind of freeze up a little bit. I'm on edge about what I'm going to say and how it's going to be interpreted in a week or two months or six months from now when someone's watching it back. Do you guys feel the same way? I'm sure you do, but kind of how does that affect you whenever you're giving programming? Yeah, I think, I don't know. I I thought about this a little bit because I was on a, a Zoom call uh, for the Oklahoma Cattlemen's Association recently, and I kind of like, I was thinking people can see me over this camera, but they can see me live. So I don't know. I always have some sort of nervousness, but it is a little bit different feel. But I think you said something on a on previous episode that um, something about, you know, w- this podcast will give people the opportunity to kind of form their own visual sort of thinking about what we're saying rather than we throw up a a slide or a picture for them to for us to form their opinion they're able to kind of figure it out themselves but it is uh it is a different way of presentation um it's not necessary i i don't have any problem with it it's just you know if if i get used to it i think it'll be okay i've seen some interesting things but like you said if it goes online, it's online forever type mm-hmm. deal. So you do have some of that pause to you, but especially on some stuff, you know, the ambiguity of social media and stuff, some people are more open than they should be. Mm-hmm. So some obviously you get some off topics or rude comments and stuff like that. And we've had a little bit of that in some of our public stuff where you have some anonymous people that are willing to ask questions in a type of men and be answered by the professional as well. So we are getting some both ways. It's not all being re- people keeping to themselves they are still feeling like feeling open enough to ask those questions yeah i gotta think about when whenever we're in person and you're looking at the audience while you're giving your presentation i'll say something like do i have any crop insurance agents in the room and if somebody raises their hand then i'll know that okay there's someone in here it's probably smarter than me on this topic Mm. so i better be careful about about what i say or ask them questions ask for their help while you're giving your presentation or get some reaffirm what you say with them. And since they're likely from the community that you're talking to, they may hold some expertise with the, and people might respect their opinion and you can kind of bolster your programming. What's tough. It's like you said, whenever you're on these webinars, whoever's hosting them and, and you don't have any idea who's actually those, those different individuals with their expertise in the community or what have you, it just, it really helps me, uh, gauge the audience and whenever I'm on a webinar and I'm kind of blind to who's there it, I was on a, a webinar where it's the speakers have the video but it's just an attendee list and I'm like scrolling through the attendee list and I have trouble with names I can remember faces sometimes and I'll know that I maybe know them but I can't really recognize their names sometimes and I'll think who's actually listening to what mm-hmm. I'm saying 
I don't I don't try to ever say anything that's going to offend somebody, but I also know whenever someone else knows more than I do. So it, it kind of gives me pause in that respect. Yeah, I think kind of like, and this sounds probably kind of strange, but, you know, I feel like my gestures and my facial features and my interactions like is a real now that I've done these webinars is kind of a crutch and so I feel kind of like I'm this person that they can't see and so everything has to come through my voice um so I guess that's what we're doing with the podcast mm, exactly but yeah. it's just kind of different kind of like I said earlier I have trouble like not talking with my hands um so we'll wait to one of these episodes when I knock the microphone off but uh it's been it's been different I think we are reaching some people we have never reached before in some ways. Um, of course, we might be losing some clientele through that, too. I don't know what you guys think about that. You think we are? I'd, I'd say absolutely. Uh, obviously, some guys just don't want to adopt new technology. And there are some of those older generations, obviously, with farmer, medium age is still on the rise. So we still have that older generation that, just doesn't want any part of it. But there are some that will surprise you. You'll see an 80 year old hitting you up on Facebook or something. So yeah, uh, getting everything uh, from both spectrums probably. Yeah. I mean, I'll say I haven't seen my dad at an extension meeting in a long time. Mm -hmm. And he was on that OCA webinar the other day. He was? Yeah. yeah. Way to go, I, Dale. I see his name and I'm like, <laughs> what are you doing on here? <laughs> I, I purposely, so Trent, you did one the other day and I did one a couple of weeks ago. I purposely did not go through the list um, because I just didn't want to have that feeling that I knew someone that knew more than me or whatever. But I did see at the end, they left some comments at the end. We had some state specialists on and I think, oh my gosh, I hope I said everything right. But uh, so yeah, it's, you, I don't know. I don't know what's right. We yeah. have to reach everybody and, and I think we'll still continue to do that through other measures, you know, newsletters and stuff like that. But I agree the body language is a lot to emphasize certain things. And we're, as our generation, we're probably used to that because we converse a lot with text messaging and stuff like that. So we learn how to do emphasis with mm -hmm. emojis or whatever. But <laughs> when you're giving a presentation and it's just going through a PowerPoint on a webinar, it's hard to get that interaction to kind of get the feel what the audience is blanking out on or what needs to be dug a little bit deeper into and I just kind of miss that interaction myself. Mm -hmm. I'll say I like it better this way than whenever the, you are recorded in person when you're, you're giving an in-person meeting and you're recorded, I guess is what mm -hmm. I'm trying to say. It's like we were talking about earlier, talking about our gardens and I wanted to say, oh, the onions are this big. They can't see my hand right now. Mm -hmm. and, and I got to remember like, oh, it's, <laughs> it's, you know, I'm thinking two inches tall or something, you know, and whenever you're in person, you'll use those uh, visual aids, your your body language. Right now, we're using our hands as we're talking mm -hmm. to each other. And you think about, well, if you're recording, if it's just audio or something like that, if you're recording in person, you aren't as descriptive as you really need to be. And whenever you're just doing a webinar online and you've got that in your mind that, okay, I need to be very descriptive. It's almost like you're reading a book. You have to tell a story through print and you yeah. have to be very descriptive about how you're, what you're talking about because people, they don't have that visual interaction as much. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think we've actually, so we have done the podcast over the internet. So we've been apart and now we're doing it together. I think it is, it is better that we can see each other. So no, I like this a lot more. Yeah, this is a lot mm -hmm. better. So maybe, um, we could share some of the things that 
some of the, a few of the things we're each doing during this time specifically um, for extension programming. Uh, Trent, do you have a kind of a little synopsis of what you've been during, doing during this strange time as I keep referring to it? Well, I'm spending more time on pet projects, I guess you could say. It's like getting the podcast completely up and going and, and deciding kind of on topics, thinking about brainstorming topics into the future. Been trying to, you know, I got approved for a grant to do some education for underserved farmers with crop insurance and risk protection, things like that. So I've kind of been thinking about how I'm going to be able to do that. But it's a lot of planning, I guess, is where mm -hmm. I'm getting to, you know, there's, there's not as, and it's going to sound bad when I say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's not as much output as I maybe thought I would have, but it's more like I'm getting ready to come roaring back. Like I'm, I'm thinking about what projects I want to do. I'm, you know, I've got my budgets up to date, things like that. I still follow markets, but I did that anyway. And so it's kind of like, if I'm not talking to producers and I'm, you know, I talk to educators more than anything now on the phone and stuff like that. But if I'm not really talking to producers or giving presentations, I'm thinking about the best way to use my time is kind of to get myself reset, maybe mentally get reinvigorated, get re-excited about uh, what I hope to do and kind of just hope that this reset button that's been pressed kind of I come alive and, and a little bit better at my job afterwards. At least I hope. What do you think, Josh? I agree. There's been a lot of, you know, kind of categorize it as self-improvement, uh, getting a game plan. Nothing like spending all day in a tractor or something like that. Get your your mind rolling in the right direction. So I think we'll come back pretty strong. Uh, obviously, keeping programs that we usually have. Obviously, the wheat tours weren't an, an event this year. Uh, so we've been able to work around that with some of our technologies like we've been using with the video conferencing and everything. But uh, focusing on new stuff, I've had time to look into research expand my own knowledge of different uh, crop management practices and stuff like that. So most of my time has been kind of more self-improvement more than, more than anything else. Yeah. I think, uh, I think that's what I can say too. I've been able, since we can't do meetings per se, I think a lot of my part of my time and I think you too as well, I think I spend so much time just like hurrying up to get ready for a meeting, like hurry up to get ready for the next meeting, hurry up and get the presentation together um, or prepare myself, you know, for the next presentation, whether it is a PowerPoint or whether it's just a hands-on thing or, and so I didn't have a lot of time to actually like think about what I've, you know, what I'm going to do or, or think about new things. And so this is in one way, it's given me the opportunity to kind of, like you said, Trent, get kind of reinvigorated for some things in the future, but also work on some projects that really needed my attention. So uh, one of the things that we, a group of us has started working on is a online backyard poultry module. And so that sounds real fancy, but basically what it's going to be is a online course for people to get a license to be able to have poultry in town in some uh, municipalities across the state. And so that has been a huge deal, um, uh, been a huge undertaking, um, but I think we're going to get it done during this time. And so that'll be, that'll be really great. And not everybody's into backyard poultry, but it, like we talked about in a previous episode, it's really important to serve all of our clientele and not all of them are huge cattle producers. Um, some of the, our clientele are smaller producers, backyard people. 
So that's been one thing I've been um, focused on. Um, of course, this um, extreme increased interest of finishing your own beef, that's been a, another topic of focus. Um, and then um, helping educators um, learn how to uh, use the new uh, calculator ration formulating tool that um, we're trying to get out from the state office, state animal science um, group, state beef group. Um, and we're just working on getting the kinks out of that tool, online tool, um, so that producers will be able to use it and educators can help producers formulate rations and kind of get an idea of nutrition for beef cattle. So there's been a lot of things that I wouldn't have had time to do before that I did now. So I might stop you there so you don't make me look so bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's not I, my purpose. Like, sounds like Dana's been very productive. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. No, that's not what I meant to do. But it is a little bit interesting perspective from our standpoint as area specialists. We're, we have a little bit of a different role than the typical county educator and what they're very broad in what they try to accomplish. And they have to answer a lot of different questions. Whoever walks in the door, they got to know the answer to it. And we specialize in different areas. And you were talking earlier about do a meeting, get ready for the next one, get ready for the next one. I was always a little hesitant to take on projects for fear of not having time to, to devote to them. Mm -hmm. So this has been a good opportunity to kind of take away the everyday meetings and, and the fear of having too much to do to now sit back and think, what would I like to do in the future? Mm -hmm. That's great. One of my big positives is spending more time with the family. I got a son that'll turn three this summer and got a newborn girl that was born last March. Uh, so she's only a couple months old. Uh, so spending a lot of time with the family has been a blessing, but also has been a speed bump for getting productivity done on a computer mm -hmm. per se. So it's been challenging, but fun all in the same time as well. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> I have two kids at home too. <laughs> well, yeah, your your typical work from home situation that isn't thrust upon you, you would have time to think about, you know, what's childcare going to be like? I want to have my own office at home. I want to have a workstation. And mm -hmm. and now all of a sudden it's like you came to work one day and it's, well, you're not coming back for an undetermined amount of time. So that, that really isn't conducive to having a great work environment at mm -hmm. home for a lot of individuals. I'm lucky that... I guess in a way for work that I don't have kids at home, but um, it, it is different for everybody. And that we all have our different challenges. Like my wife always worked from home. So she had the office. So mm -hmm. then I'm like sitting here at the dining room table, looking into her office thinking, how come she gets the office every <laughs> single day? Yeah. But, but I never say that. So I guess you might hear it that's if right. she listens to this episode, but um, we won't tell her, but that's, that's kind of, a different perspective from you guys, but it, it's still everyone has their own set of challenges for sure. Yeah, there's a there's kind of a I mean, of course, this is a really tough time, but I think that there are some positive things that some of us most of us can take away from it. Some positive things. Yeah. And so it's it's in my opinion, it's it's been a nice change, like from Josh said, for my family, because we both have a commute, quite a commute to work. So yeah, it's been we like, both take about an hour to get here so yeah that's so, two hours a day that adds up i know quick. two hours on your butt every day like i'm getting to use those two hours um so it's just a different different sort of way to look at it yeah i've never seen driving really as alone time so that 
to me would be just wasted time. It is a huge amount of alone time. I, like I said, I like to listen to podcasts when I drive and I am so behind on all my podcasts. I don't hardly listen to them now. So it is a gear up and gear down. It's, it's different when you don't have that. That is something I'm way behind on sports radio because I don't listen to the radio nearly as much anymore. So, well, there's not much sports going on in the beginning. Well, there, with, so. there you yes, go. That's yeah. true. <laughs> Recaps from uh, the last three years or 20 yeah. years. <laughs> yeah. I'm not into watching the old rerun games or listen to the same stuff that over and over really again. That's really weird. So, yeah. I'm not into that either. Well, that's been great, guys. I'm getting close to the end of our time together again. We'd like to. Thank you all out there for joining us in this episode, and we're glad to see you again. We hope you've enjoyed what you've heard. If you would like to hear more or follow up on the discussed topics, please reach out to your local county extension agent. OSU has a presence in all 77 counties with educators eager to assist you. Also, please consider checking the description for links to our social media pages and further information pertinent to the conversation. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you soon.